This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Alright, so we're going to dive into 1 Timothy. I did not see that coming at all. Um... I was asking the Lord what I could study on my vacation, and right away I felt the Spirit of the Lord tell me to go to 1 Timothy. And so that's what I did. Let me shut my door. Otherwise, I'm preaching to the whole house, which might be good. Um, so let's pray, and then we'll get started. Lord, I pray that you would guide us through 1 Timothy, help us to... Um, lean into the words to what you would have us learn, not uh, words that we want to make um, pillars out of. Um, this is your word. All of it is profitable. All of it will benefit us. Um, yet sometimes we go uh, to scripture with ulterior motives. Thank you so much that your spirit divides and it enlightens and it um, exhorts us to reach further past our um what our end goals are to your end goals. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, basically, this is a book about motives. I, you know, right off the bat, um, having gone through um, the first chapter in depth, Lee, um, I don't know. We're just going to do what the Lord leads us to do as far as First Timothy, if we're going to go through the whole thing or what, but. Um, right out, right out the gate, uh, I noticed that Paul sets the tone for the rest of the book, and Paul is writing Timothy. Timothy was someone that he um, didn't want to have anything to do with um, at one point, and Barnabas took Timothy under his wing, um, and tables have turned around completely to where um, Paul is confiding in Timothy and exhorting Timothy, but. Um, Right at the beginning, he um, tells Timothy uh, to stay where he is. Now, I was thinking about this because, I mean, whole ministries have been started out of the book of Timothy. Um, and we know about them. In fact, um, I was looking at Tim, Timothy, Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas. And there is a, honest to goodness, there is a paulbarnabastimothy.com. Well, we love it. We love our little catchphrases. We and it and it kind of gets the attention. But some of it, um, some you know, we know is not even biblical. Um, some is manipulative. Some uh, just an emotional um, draw. Um, but we love it. We love the next flashy thing. We love the next. Uh, Hype, we love the next fix-all. This will fix all your problems. You know, if the woman would just stay in the kitchen, it would fix all of our problems. Um, and so a lot of people have camped on uh, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus and just decided that's the only thing that God has ever said to women. Um, that's the only, that's the, you know, if you want to know who you are, you just camp out on the, that, those three books, sister. Um, and we 
thing, our ends is what we're really after in that scenario. Our ends and our um, way we're going to fix all. Um, definitely, definitely. Timothy is, First Timothy is the book you go to if you want to change your culture. If you want to have an impact on your culture. If you want to switch into a new gear to transform your culture. First Timothy, hey, that, that is your book. That is, that is a good place to start after you've become a Christian. That's a good place to start. Um, Paul is writing and he is dealing with the people who are part of the Roman culture. And we think everything goes now. Everything went then. Everything was up in the air. And Paul did a lot to liberate women by giving them equal standing in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Um, he didn't give that to them. Christ gave it. And Christ set that example. He um, had women in his ministry. He confided in women. He, um, he depended on them for resources. Um, women were a huge part of Christ's ministry on this earth. And Paul did not deviate from this. Uh, so what, what do you have? What is the temptation when you, and historically speaking, women have been oppressed by far, by far throughout history. So salvation is introduced to women, not through, not, not um, by any merit of their own. Salvation is extended to them. A new standing is given. A priesthood, a, a declaration over their lives of love and acceptance. And when you are the bottom rung in society, they, they education, forget it. Um, rights, owning property, uh, voting. I mean, we have it so good. Comparatively. But apparently, when you have struggled with being under a thumb and being basically outside of the inn and suddenly with Christ, you become in, accepted in, apparently, and I guess it's not so rare, some of us, and I would, go hog wild. Free is free. Paul said this in Romans. Free is free, friend. Free. In fact, he reiterates this. And the first chapter of Timothy. First chapter of Timothy sets the tone for the rest of the book. And what does he say? The law is not for us. What? He said what? Yes, he did. Let's read. First Timothy. Let me find my... I have it open in the... Ooh. Um. 
Should have had this open already. Of course I should have. It was still in Esther. The book I was studying out of, the Bible I was studying out of, was in another part of the house. So I'm a little out of sorts. First Timothy 1. Let's read it. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. To Timothy, my true, there's that, mis, that word is not a mistake. Paul had his doubts about Timothy. He's calling him my true child in the faith. Because what matters is whether or not you're in the faith. Not whether or not you rub me the wrong way. Not whether or not you get on my good or bad side. What mattered, what matters, is if someone's in the faith. This matters in the book of Timothy. Grace, mercy, peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus. This book is about motives. So that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. Faith is something we need to mark off in this book. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and of good conscience and sincere faith. For some men, straying from these things, have turned aside to fruitless discussions, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. We're going to work on these distinctions. Realizing the fact that law is not made for the righteous person. The law, read it again, the law is not made for the righteous person. We think our righteousness is coming from the law. When we set up these diatribe clubs, when we set up this holy, holy, holy club, when we are doing that, we think our righteousness is coming from the law. But what does it say here? The law is not for the righteous. What makes the difference? Faith. But for those who are lawless, this is who the law is for. Rebellious. What brings righteousness, friend? Obedience, no. Doing the, all the things that, that my church expects me to do, no. Living up to a godly standard, no. Putting on a, a, a good front, no. Whether people see me as righteous, that's what's righteous, no. Faith. Faith. 
You are not. Will not be. Eternally damned. Without this faith. Faith in what? Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but faith in the finished work of Jesus. But we have to faith in the finished work. Finished work. Again, finished work. Of who? You? You're going to add to salvation? No. It's done. In Christ Jesus. Now some people call this easy believism. No. It's simple. Does not make it easy. Faith. In Christ Jesus. But for those who are lawless and rebellious, this is not talking about the righteous who have believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ. The law is for those outside of faith. Rebellious. For the ungodly and the sinners. For the unholy and profane. For those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. What's he entrusted with? A list of rules. Remember, we're getting to the rest of 1 Timothy. Where it seems like it's a bunch of rules. Do's and don'ts, and you can and you, and you won't. What is his entrusted word? What has Paul always banked on? What has Paul never veered from? What has Paul said, I'd rather... I, all these things that I have done, it is nothing compared to what? What? The gospel of Jesus Christ. This chapter is setting the tone for the rest of the book. It is about forwarding the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to change your culture? Get that mess together at home. Why? Because we're sending out the gospel. And all those little feet that do circles around your living room and won't stop talking incessantly, they have the potential to take their little feet and go tell somebody else about the Lord. You want to change the culture? Start here. This isn't about all the rules that you need to, to keep. Ladies, this is about transforming your world with the light of Jesus Christ. I think Christ Jesus, verse 12, 
our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorant and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which we are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet, for this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be glory, be honor, and glory forever and ever. Amen. This command I entrust you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymnaeus and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. So one of the things, a couple of things that I notice in this first chapter is how one of the ways motives are tested, and I'll try to go back to, I'll try to remember to go back to this main idea um, that I've been impressed upon unless God changes the impression. I'm leaving it up to him. But one of the things that a Christian often goes through testing, my testing recently, just two days now, today, I mean, I struggled. I was like, really, podcast? But let me tell you that who's sitting here is a failure. Jesus Christ is not. Did he struggle these last two days? No, he did not. And can he meet us here today? Yes, he can. And that was the only thing that brought me to the table today. Because, you know, I'm not worthy in a blah, blah, blah stuff. No, I am not. Jesus Christ is. And he's worth talking about. And he's worth exalting. And he's worth seeking. And not putting down in some regimented being used for my ends. So we're going to talk about through this book, Motives. And Timothy, I mean, Paul tells Timothy, stay where you are. Have you ever been on a mission to do the next thing? To get on with what's going on. I've been living, like, I feel like frayed ends for about 10 years. Just frayed ends everywhere. Nothing, nothing is in a box. And if you know me at all, I like order. I like order. We get up. We do the thing. I'm a checklist person. I have it in my head. I don't have to write it down. But I have it in my mind. I got to do something in the yard. Or I got to clean the house. And then Mondays and Tuesdays I bake. And so then that's, you know, you can sort of imagine this is kind of how my 
weak rolls. And so I don't like having loose ends all over the place. Unanswered questions all over the place. And so I can't help think, think that maybe Timothy had some other ideas about where, he, you know, he needed to be. Sometimes we come to, to these books or these passages and we, and we think we know where people need to be and we're just going to use these scriptures, boom, start our ministry, boom, whoever, whoever, or, or this, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, um, what's the word? Trying to insult you if you're like, okay, well, yeah, we're going to use this verse for our, our, our title or whatever. I'm just saying building a whole ministry on three verses might not be a good idea. So let God test you to see if your motives are pure. What is my motive for doing this. Is this something God is leading me to do? I mean, this, this is basic, basic. But when you're, when you're in the hype mode and when you're already in the leadership mode and you feel like you should already be this far and God's like, no. It can seem like a slap in the face. What? Paul, I thought, I thought we were okay now. What? Stay? More of this? More of the thing? I mean, it sounds like there were some toxic people. Just getting up on their soapboxes and starting vain discussions. Things that did not matter. Off the rails. Off the rails. Completely more. Can we be done with this? You know, so it's a, first he's like, maybe Paul still has a problem with me. He doesn't trust me. What does Paul say? You're my child. So that ain't it. Sometimes God tests our motives. So if we think we're going to come to this book and we're going to get our checklist together and we're going to just decide this is what women need to do, we need to put that aside somewhere somewhere else. Because it might be some, that God wants to show you something else in 1 Timothy. So we're going to put that under the table. We are going to check our motives for coming to this book. And we're going to let God open up this book And show us what he wanted to show us. And teach us what he wants to teach us. And enlighten us to cultural discrepancies. I mean, obviously, if we're going to take the rest of this word for word. I'm going to be saved by giving birth. We are going to take that, not understand what God wants to teach us, that's in the next chapter, so hold on to your hats. Then, should we all, like Timothy, be staying in Ephesus? 
Context matters. Context matters. Culture matters. Perspective matters. It does not undermine the fact that this is God's word and profitable for you, for me. But what it does do is disarm us from presupposition. It disarms us from ill motives. Well, I just got to get him in line, her in line, these people in line. I just got to do that. This is my answer. This is the fix it. Let God check our motives. Let God take us down a notch. Let God shift us to a lower gear. And God, help us to listen. Help us to discern. These words, make no mistake, they're for us. They're for us. But there is something the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us with these words. And we need to not already decide. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.